All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Tiger Pit is brought to you by Athlon Rub. Athlon Rub is the next generation in performance and recovery for all sports. It is a new approach on the traditional Thai oil formula, founded on the time-tested formula and enhanced to proven ingredients. Made in an FDA and ISO certified lab in the USA, certified and continually tested by informed choice to be free of banned substances, PEDs, and cross-contamination. You can go to athlonrub.com and take a look at all the products they have available, read testimonials from users, and see what everybody else is saying. And when you got some things in your cart, get an additional 10% off when you use the promo code the Tiger Pit. That's athlonrub.com and promo code the Tiger Pit for an additional 10% off all the cool stuff you're gonna buy. We are also brought to you by Knock My Legends. Knock My Legends celebrates the heroes, legends, and icons of Muay Thai and kickboxing. Their mission is to create art in the form of apparel that honors each fighter's contribution to the sport and the art we love. They also have a great selection of shirts, gear, and accessories that highlight the greats from the sport from the past up until today. You can go to knockmylegends.com, that's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y legends.com, as well as Facebook and Instagram, and check out what they have and when you're ready to buy something you're at checkout enter the promo code the tiger pit for an additional 10% off your purchase again that's knockmylegends.com n-a-k-m-u-a-y legends.com or knockmylegends on facebook and instagram this episode also brought to you by diplomatico rum diplomatico is distributed in over 80 countries around the world it holds the ron de venezuela doc and is recognized as one of the world's finest rums they have three different ranges for your tastes, traditional, prestige, and the distillery collection. You can find them online at rondiplomatico.com. That's Ron, R-O-N, which means rum in Spanish. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, who listen to this program, you probably should speak Spanish. Listen to this program, you'll probably enjoy it. Anyways, it's rondiplomatico.com to learn more about who they are and find out some history behind one of the world's greatest rums. We are also brought to you by Unplugged Essentials. Hemp is at the core of their innovation. However, not all hemp is created equal. Instead of using either isolated CBD or cannabis oil, which are the most popular cannabis-derived products on the market right now, they have infused their soaps with a water-soluble, hemp-derived, phytocannabinoid-rich powder. This way, they make sure that all their products take advantage of the several hundred bioactive components present in hemp. They also make no compromise in quality to ensure each batch is lab-tested and 100% THC-free. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook or go to unpluggedfloatessentials.com and get yours today. And you can use the promo code THETIGERPIT at checkout for an additional 10% off your order. That's Unplugged Essentials on Instagram and Facebook and unpluggedfloatessentials.com online. Just regular online. And like I said... Use the promo code the Tiger Pit for 10% off your order. All right, and this is for our New York friends and listeners here. Um, we are also brought to you by the Stepping Razor Barbershop at 952 Flushing Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. The Stepping Razor leans into the realm of the classic 1940s American barbershop. They specialize in American classic traditional haircuts and shaves, but are versatile to do much, much more. You can check them out on Instagram at the Stepping Razor Barbershop or go to thesteppingrazor.com to book your appointment and get yourself looking good and feeling good. And lastly, 
We are brought to you by The Dojo NYC at 1082 Cypress Avenue in Ridgewood. The Dojo NYC is a fully equipped martial arts training center specializing in Cobrinha Jiu-Jitsu, traditional Muay Thai, and MMA. Whether you want to go and just get a good workout or compete at a high level, it's a great place to train. You can also go to the dojonyc.com and check out their classes, instructors, programs, and even sign up for a free trial class which hopefully after you do that, you'll sign up for more and keep going and get better at jujitsu, Muay Thai, whatever it is you're going for. That's dojonyc.com online and the Dojo NYC on Instagram. All right. We originally recorded this episode on June 4th of this year. Our guest on this episode is a multi-talented vocalist, producer, engineer, and DJ based out of Brooklyn, New York, who has been producing underground bass music for over 20 years. He has a slew of international releases on major and independent labels and has collaborated in the studio and on stage with Bill Laswell, Mad Professor, Rancid, Sepultura, Sublime, Laurie Anderson, Bernie Worrell, Santi Gold, DJ Crush, and many more. In late March, he released Dr. Israel and Dub on Echo Beach, and he joined us for a chat about the current state of the world, his involvement with Die Jim Crow, and recording music in prisons. You can find him online at DrIsraelMusic.com and on Facebook and Instagram at DrIsraelMusic. So, would you please welcome to this episode of The Tiger Pit, Dr. Israel. On the next episode of Adventures in Animals. It's a Kavarian and a Polish guy. Okay, we'll start the podcast, right? Here. It's nine o'clock. It's dark enough. I'm putting on my ninja suit. That's the part, right? You gotta get into your head. Now you're struggling with your words. Check the Yelp reviews. I'm sure they have like four. It's amazing. I was trying to get that out, and I had a hard time struggling in my head. They just see something they don't recognize. They check out immediately. I had a point. I had a point. Coming to the stage. I've heard this many times from different sources. You didn't even know me when I was hanging out there. That sounds like such a burnout thing to do. Tiger boot. He's got videotape of NYPD driving SUVs into the crowd. Yeah, pushing the gate against the people. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, De Blasio at the uh, at the memorial today, the whole crowd turned their back on him and booed him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's just he's just he's just he's a people pleaser, right? So his whole deal is that mm-hmm. he just. I mean, you know, and also he was, um, you know, you take a half a second. You got to remember, this is a cat who decided that he was going to run for president, which yeah. in, in a way that made no sense. Um, I don't. I mean, the the the, the police commissioner uh, Shay, like he, I believe that he means well. Like I think he legitimately wants to try to do the right thing, and he has certain things that he wants to implement, like police programs with youth and stuff like that. So you know that 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 stuff makes sense, in particular in the long term. But you know, in the immediate, you've got this like. I mean, I can't. I think Mattis came out and said it, but like mm-hmm. this is the result of three years of having a child in the White House. Yeah, and sure. it's not even a child because that's 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 insulting to my child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and that's the thing here is that there's no you know you need strong leadership. Like Cuomo through the COVID thing, Cuomo I think has been good. It's very clear dealing with the facts, but I don't know that he's at a place where he can. And he's talking about how you know the racism and the brutality has to stop and it's time to end it. <clears throat> but I don't know that he's in a place where he can really fully understand how deeply it's systematically entrenched right because you got to address that you know yeah yeah how do you address that how deep it is like 
Where do you even I mean, start? I mean, yeah, where do you even start? It is, it at, is. The, at the very least, like on the, on the media conversations that we've had about these kind of things and, and how it influences us and is a factor in our music. And we've all been making music for this time now, mm-hmm. all the way along, you know, like right. everything we've done up until this point, you can go check the catalog, like fucking Ruth yeah. Nuga said, you'll see with no doubt. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Witness the fitness. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see it. You know, just early on, knowing that, like, I can walk into a store and you can walk into the same store and it's a completely different set of circumstances. Absolutely. You know? And when people are like, oh, oh, I don't get the systemic thing. It's just, I don't get the systemic thing. It's like, I don't even understand how people. I had to pull out some Willie Lynch on somebody today. I'm like, read this excerpt, read this. And you want to yeah. talk about the breaking of people. And he says, teach this to your wives and teach this to your mm-hmm. children. And when yeah. you say that shit, like say it to your children, you're talking oh, generations. Yeah. I totally agree. I think you know, and in, 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 this is this is one of the sort of mind fuck fuckery things of this time. Is Billy? You say it. Yeah, we've been making music and having these conversations in our community. I mean, us in particular. I know you guys for a long mm-hmm. time now. You know, in our community we don't have these issues amongst one another. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, you know, it's a little bit of the mind fucker of it because we're, we're, we're very socially, uh, socially evolved because we're artists. Like, we make music. So we don't on this podcast. That's funny. It, it <laughs> makes sense though. But I mean, that's just like, cause we're socially evolved and we, we communicate, like we have our language of yeah. music. And so when we, when we get together, we play, we listen, whatever it is that we do, you know, in our world, all of this racism and all the isms and all the bullshit just go away. Yeah, the other day I I was mentioning that, you know, our bubble of artists and musicians and things, you know, that's a safe zone. Because if you're in that bubble with me, then you belong there already. But outside of that bubble, I don't trust people because I automatically expect them to be racist. No, you're right. You're right. And when is the last time that 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 in our community we got together and there was an issue with race? I, I can't remember. I can't yeah, think I of can't... it. <laughs> maybe maybe from an oh, outsider, right. but you know, maybe. maybe. But you know, that being said, I don't remember going to an event with music no. and having issues with race. Or you know, and 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 Billy, like you say, these these conversations, like this is our norm, right? This is mm-hmm. what we, this is how we create. This is what we talk about. This is where we um, this is where we come. We, we've already gotten there. Yeah. No, I I agree, and it's not even something that you you even really think about. And then and then, you know, you have these um these moments where you you see Babylon, and it's like, oh wait, 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 there this is real, you know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. also it's also it's also it's a mind fuck from being in the house mostly. For the past uh, three months, yeah, that's just, just the, insane too. Yeah, you know, and it's like I, I haven't been around very many people, and so again, the only people I've been around are people, you know, a, a hyper, um, a hyper small collective of my community, like really yeah, small. Yeah. And again, within that community, we don't, we don't do racism. Right. It's just like it's like you know when you have an argument with somebody. I've caught myself in the past having conversations with people who have racist viewpoints. And at a certain point, you just have to say, well, you know, I can't even have the conversation with you because it's just wrong. It's not real. You know, it's like if I can if I can procreate with another sentient being, it means we're the same race. 
if I communicate intimately with another sentient being, we're the same race. It's yeah. the deal. So there's, there's, there's no real, I mean, as we all know, there's no real white or black and, you know, music really strips that down, I think. So when, you know, when, when you're creating music together, you get that same, you know, music, music is, is an act of love, right? Creating a child is an act of love. Different people love in different ways, any type of intimacy. If you could be intimate with somebody else, you know that you're the same race. That's just yeah. the deal. But then you've got, you know, all these constructs. And so when I've had those conversations in the past with people and said, um, you know, well, this person has this racist idea, whatever. Well, you know what? It's just wrong. Like it doesn't even deserve a conversation. <laughs> it doesn't even deserve an argument. It's just wrong. I mean, I can, and, but you know, it's dangerous right now because we're in the time of Trump where people, different people have different facts. You got democratic facts, you got white people facts, you have black people facts, you have Asian people facts, you have China facts, you have USA facts. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from here, man? There's like so much on the plate right now. Yeah, and the COVID thing. You know what's interesting about the whole thing that I was thinking the other day is that it's all gasoline on fires, yeah. right? So none of this, yep. stuff, none of this stuff is new. You know, people are acting like it's new. The media likes to present it like it's new, but you could see the COVID thing coming. You could see, you could see. Uh, well, what I mean is, you could see the results. The um, the disparate re results of the COVID thing hitting, you know, minority communities, black communities harder than it hit the white communities because mm -hmm. communities of color don't have we don't have a health care, mm -hmm. you know, and this is this is stuff that's gone on for for a long time. You could you can see this anger and it's all building. You can see this anger coming from George Floyd. I mean, it's not this is nothing new. This is how this country was built. And the country never, no one, no one, the American government has never effectively addressed right. this. You know, you go to Germany, and it's a whole different thing. I mean, I'm not saying that Germany is perfect by any means, and there is neo-fascism there, but you know, the government basically said we had a Holocaust. We're gonna educate people about it. And we got it wrong. We're sorry. Let's, you know. We haven't had that conversation here. Big, big I, mean, I think it was, I think. Yeah, no, I think Clinton, you know, addressed it informally, but uh, where's the where's the apology for slavery? Mm. If they if they acknowledge that, then that means you got to exactly. acknowledge the whole all the dominoes that fell after You're right. that. You know, You're right? You're right. And, and they're getting a little window into it now, where it's like this goes back in just in modern times. This is Emmett Till died under the same circumstances as George Floyd, all over some useless, meaningless bullshit with the uh, the lady in Central Park calling the cops on that dude bird watching. Mm. Like, it was interesting to see the, the white response to that that was like, no, you can't do that because you're putting that dude's life in danger. Like, you, they're starting to get it. That little, they're, at least yeah. they're, that, that spark is going, you know? No, you're right. You're right. It's, 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 um, yeah, that's an example of weaponizing your race. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy that's about to be. There's a whole sect of that population that needs to have that fire a bit under their ass. If you take offense to some of the things that people are saying, shit needs to get burned down, man. You're right. And, you know, you take, you're right. And you take events because this shit is yeah. offensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you don't, I mean, you make a really good point. And again, like, I don't know you by your race. I know you as a musician. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're you're already way beyond. And even me saying you're way beyond, that that even dilutes how far beyond all this shit that you are and I am. And We're all on the same level. Like, our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our community, our community got it right. And our community has had it right for a long time. And if you go back 
if you go back in time, you know, you look at like even New York and you look at the history of the cabaret laws, they were trying to create the cabaret laws because they didn't want white people and black people hanging out yeah. together and dancing and playing music. I mean, my mother, when she was in the, um, she was in the Air Force band and they were somewhere in the South and this would be the 50s. And um, they went out to play. They're a multi multiracial jazz band. So they were going to play in this venue and they got there and there was a sheet across the stage. And the promoter said, well, I don't like this, but the law is we can't have whites and blacks visible on stage together at the same time. So he said, you guys can decide, but either the whites go behind the sheet and the blacks can be in front or the blacks go behind the sheet and the whites can be in front. I mean, how, and this is, you know, this is in the fifties. It's just crazy. You're making music together, but yet, you know, but I mean, I guess the idea is they want to, you know, they want to divide and conquer, right? Because right. it's the poor people that get the hits, you know, and it, when you really break it down, socioeconomic ladder, it's like, there's a lot of um, white people in America that are not getting a fair shake right now. Yes. You know, they, that doesn't mean that they can, that they should be directing it against black people because it's not black people's right. fault. But I can hear that. I can be compassionate to that. And I think, you know, it's also not like being white is necessarily um, a fail-safe passport to everything. It's like that. You guys remember that Eddie Murphy skit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, hey, sir, would you like some free things? Yes. Here's a free newspaper. Just take it. <laughs> a just take it. You could, you could just take that. That's how we do it. <laughs> so I know that it's not like that, but... That's, you know, about, that's about 75% accurate. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, if you, look at, if you look at the mortgages, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, so it, it seems we're at a point, I mean, like, how is it that we have a community that's pretty much, it, not pretty much, I'm going to say, confidently within our community, the way that I know you guys, the way we've hung out, we have a community that, that does not have racism. You know, and why, why is that? Well, because we listen to each other and we say real shit. So, you know, if you, if you feel a particular way, you're going to tell me how you feel. If I feel a particular way, I'm going to tell you how I feel because we're comfortable, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's always interesting when clusters like that, they always find each other. That's one of the beauties of music is that the, uh, the level of communication it teaches you just, just within the confines of, like, writing a song. You know, like you're constantly communicating and you're, you're, you're speaking. And once you learn how to communicate, the world's a little bit, it opens up a whole lot. I can't say I've had a hard time really just kind of surrounding myself with people like you guys. <laughs> it was always pretty easy. Like I'm watching all these people yeah. on Facebook every day now. Like, <laughs> oh, I, um, I, I, I lost to all my friends that I lost because of this, this post that I made and blah, 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 blah. Like, who are these people that are your friends? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're right. I don't know anybody right. who's, who's annoyed at or, or uh, is defensive about people like that are not black uh, posting in the favor of, you know, for unity and uh, equality and all that. Who are your friends that are offended? No, you're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what, what, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Because how is it that, uh, how is it that you lose a friend well, I mean, yeah, in that, how is it that you didn't yeah, know? Right, exactly. Like, it's just, this has happened. It's like the second <laughs> pandemic, you know, like losing your friends to racism. <laughs> what the fuck is that? You know, it's just, it's fucked up because racism is really inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> 
three. I, I, I lost a lot of Facebook followers. Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't lose any. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, man. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I guess the key is just get music back in school, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, music is just as important as math that class, is. man. No, you're, I mean, probably more. I mean, music is yeah. math class, but probably more. But you know, you know what's interesting is that, okay, so a really good musician, the guys that I like working with the best are the guys that can listen, right? Like, you could play all you want, but, like, the great musicians know when not to play. They know when to sit out. They know when to listen. And, I mean... You, you're saying is true. It's like um, learning to communicate, you know, like writing a song with somebody else, collaborating. Learning to communicate is key. Like there, there's, I mean, again, I think that that's the biggest problem in New York City right now is nobody's yeah. communicating. So clearly there's, clearly you've got, you know, a mayor who's saying one thing, but not holding to anything because he doesn't want to offend anybody. And you've got a police commissioner who's saying another thing. You have a governor who who actually is making a lot of sense, but there's no levels of accountability where that's that no one is saying, Hey, this is what we're right. doing. We're not tonight. Mm -hmm. We're not hitting protesters right. in the head or tonight we're going to hit protesters in the head starting at nine o'clock. And we're going to tell them right. at eight o'clock <laughs> starting at nine o'clock, we're going to be yeah, hitting them exactly. in the head. And I think people would listen. They would be like, Hey man, you know what? I don't want to fight. Or the ones that want to fight. Like, Hey, I'm here to fight and fuck shit up. Right. And that's, and that's the deal. deal. Yeah. You're yeah, right. You know, that's that's level two. You know what I mean? We need to like yeah. separate and go to level two. No, you're right. And also you got to give people, I mean, you got to give people safe space, right? So you want people to be able to make that decision and you, you how are they going to try to, they're trying to build trust with the NYPD. This is undoing everything, <laughs> you know, and a lot of these cats are probably going home to wherever they are, which is probably not where I live and probably not, you know, where a lot of the protesters live and then they don't have to right. deal with it. You know, Cuomo made a good point because he said that he wrote, which I didn't know, he said he wrote a, um, a governor's opinion of 50A, you know, he's from the legal world. So he wrote a governor's opinion of, of uh, 50A and, and informing people saying that under 50A, it does not mean that you cannot release police disciplinary records. So, you know, they're saying that you um, that you can release uh, you you can't release personal information about a police officer for obvious mm -hmm. reasons, his address or her address, whatever. But you know, Cuomo is saying that he's already told everybody that you can release the disciplinary records, but he says no one's done it because of the politics. Right. So they don't they don't want to be called out by the police unions. Right. They don't want to be called out, you know, politically. But it's just mm -hmm. like. Just do. It. I mean, they're going to try and sign something now because so we're going to do another executive order. But he says he already he already said you can release a disciplinary record because it's it's pertinent, right? They say uh, you know they don't have a disciplinary record and they don't have there's no record of them doing anything wrong. It's pertinent, right? And then if they have a long history of doing shit wrong, it's mm -hmm. pertinent. I don't know. Yeah, I heard something about this on the news today. I just heard from yeah. It's been in it's been in a lot of the um, a lot of the conversation because basically what they're saying. I, I I don't know the specific details about this in particular, but I did read that many um, Minnesota is now bringing uh, some sort of action against the Minneapolis Police Department that's going to go through uh, 
the past past 10 years basically what they've done for the past oh, wow. 10 years oh, wow. so i think it's i think it's a suit claiming that they've been violating people's civil rights or an investigation related to that um that's gonna be messy <laughs> yeah yeah but you know this, <laughs> I mean, this shit is messy right <laughs> like, yeah exactly that's because you know i mean good i'm glad it's gonna be yeah no i agree i mean <laughs> one of the things that's interesting is that um you know it, 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 this stuff is not new. It's just that there's ways to capture it now that are new. Yeah. So this yeah. shit's been going on all the time. I mean, the, the list yeah. is like yeah. more people I mean, are seeing it every mm -hmm. day. It's in your face all day, every day. Reporting yeah. on like just it's all the time. <laughs> yeah. And and we just know about the ones we know about that. that exactly. You know. You're absolutely right. Like, this is just what's been put on our yeah. radar. We all know that it's fucked up, right? Because it's just because they never they never made it unfucked mm -hmm. up. So nobody ever said, oh, wait, sorry, we got this wrong. Like, you know, you could get things wrong, right? We're all human beings. But nobody said, I mean, you know, Malcolm X was great at that. He would he would sit in front of people. And he would come back and say, brothers and sisters, I got this wrong. He would mm -hmm. explain why his thoughts, his philosophies had changed. He would he would explain experiences he had had. You know, I think about when he went to Mecca and he was um, on pilgrimage with people of different races, different colors, and he was like, oh, wait, all white people aren't bad. Okay, wait, hold on. I got that wrong. Yeah, he was involved You know, but... Yeah, but nobody here is nobody here is talking about that. You know, there's no... no nobody said, oh, wait, you know, we're killing a bunch of black people. We got that wrong. We can do better <laughs> <than that. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You can know. you imagine? And this is all on the coattails of an election, too, man. Like what? Well, the election is going to be. I mean, are we even going to get no, to have I don't, one? You know, I don't know. You step on Trump's foot, and he sends a military. Yeah. I was thinking about that too, like, and just seeing these the the retired generals come on, just saying yeah. they yeah. they've been the saying defense. they're military guys. So if they know someone is higher above them, even if they are retired, they're not going to listen to this ding dong. You know what I'm saying? No, you're like, right. Like, you can you can do whatever you want, but you know what? We actually control the military. Yeah, so. you're right. I've I've seen a lot of um that that is one of the the one of the pieces of this that does give me some hope because when you see people that you know, and it gives me actually a little bit more faith than I've had in the past in the military, but um, in the whole hierarchy hierarchical hierarchical structure in general, because yeah, like you said, there are some people it seems that are saying you know wait this is not how we do this. You know, you can't just be a banana Republic dictator and start firing mm -hmm. tear gas. Cause you want a, a bizarre photo yeah. up with the Bible that you don't even read. So I mean, even, even the, the, uh, I think she's, uh, I don't remember her title. I think it's Bishop, but the Bishop of the church was pissed. Yeah. They came out and were like, we didn't condone this. We didn't sign off on this. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Can you imagine we get four more years of this dude? Well, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but uh, it's. I hope that that does not happen. But it's definitely in the cards. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's because of where I am in my relationship to the media mm. cycle, because you know, being here in New York, it's just been COVID, COVID, COVID yeah. riots. Yeah, so it's just, that's what everybody's seeing. Yeah, but I don't. You know, I don't. I, I, Biden is like a non-entity to me. He's not even on my radar. Right. I mean, I get I get emails every now and then asking for three dollars but like <laughs> or, or five dollars and i can't believe you know, that he's like the Trump, savior i mean it's easily yeah it's like the savior light you know he's he's a savior in a way that like if you were 
going to have a bologna sandwich than you got ham instead. <laughs> like, it's just... I can't believe you can produce somebody better than that. It's insane. Nobody really has any faith in him, but at least the Democrats are starting to fall in line like how the Republicans fall in line. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would prefer a candidate that I believed in. I would prefer to have a candidate that I believed in lose than to have to vote for a candidate that I just don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like somebody's, he's like somebody's like drunk uncle at Thanksgiving where, you know, he's, he always says some shit that makes no sense and you really like him, but he's got a black best friend. You know? <laughs> he's like a brain in a jar that farts. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Oh my God. I know I, Trump, Trump and Biden. I mean, they should just, they should just battle it out with like nunchucks or something. <laughs> have the fist fight they talked about a few years ago. Yeah. Like, just have that fucking yeah, fight. Have it. That's the I mean, debate they have. That would be better for everybody. They have a kumite. <laughs> oh, man. I would still watch oh, that. My God. I would give my whole stimulus check. <laughs> and I got a kid too, so it was more. <laughs> Um, listen, I'm getting a message that this meeting is going to end in 10 minutes for some reason. So I'm going to shut this down. I will send you a new invite. To start again. Yeah. Slave, we not carry load. So we not want black home, don't we? We want to move, we all around, but him can't compete when we got raised with this. Yes, I'm when the drum go beat. We are not throwing them down. No. Slave, I trod with this. Yeah, volatile thing, but him can't compete when the alarm go ring. Yeah, watch the vibe that this. Yeah, people don't go bring. When them people don't go shout, and them people don't go sing. Watch them people don't go move on the line and see how oh, one man go reach another man. Direction cannot come with an plan just one art, one love, and slavery will not carry load. So we no want to come down, we no want to be our way back, and slavery will not carry load. So we no want this come down, we no want to be our way back, so we no carry load. So we no want this come down, we no want to be our way back, and slavery will not carry load. So we no want this come down, we no want to be our way back. Come to push we back on the wall, but we no go shake, we no go tremor, we no go fall, cause we all go move and we no feel this, yeah, call ya. This me go tell you, me go tell you it all. Our perception will not come in a time with that. No predilection and no reason and no rhyme in it. Come via moving and I'm moving and I line and we go take our power and I'm moving so blind. 
Watch them beat, bro. Go move it, tell her on us, where I got. Rock to the beat and where I got. Rock to the sound and if the left man and the right man and our boat thrown down. And nobody will go left to tell them. Back in Live and direct. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about, but felt like a good time to take a break. Breaks are good. <laughs> I'm a professional break taker. <laughs> um, oh, you know what I want to ask you? Uh-huh. Last time we hung out, you were talking to me about this project that you were doing um, in the in the prisons. Yeah, prisons of- it's an organization called Die Jim Crow, uh-huh. and it's uh, it's gone through a lot of different. Um, I guess stages. So it started out as uh, this guy Fury Young had a vision to create one record in particular, um, but it's recording with people who are currently and formerly incarcerated. So I think at this point I've recorded in about five prisons and it kind of expanded and he ended up having the vision to sort of turn it into a record label. Um, so they just released their first uh, full length. I did an EP with them. Um, but we've, he's gotten access or the group has gotten access to, um, different prisons. And right before the COVID thing, we did a bunch of recordings in South Carolina, uh, S sorry, SC, South Carolina, DC, SC, DC. So South Carolina department of corrections. So we, we, we recorded in, um, one prison in Allendale called Allendale and another, uh, Camille Griffith Graham, a women's facility. And it, it's, it's been a great project. Um, I want to do more of that work and I'd like to try to, you know, maybe even start doing some stuff, um, looking at getting access to, uh, doing more recordings. Cause there's, there's no lack of talent and there's no lack of desire to create. Um, it's just getting access can be kind of tricky. Yeah. Uh, Has any stuff come out or no? Yeah, so there is two things that have been released, and I think you want to go to diejimcrow.com, and all the information will be there. But we released one EP that we recorded in Warren Correctional in Ohio, and then uh, there's a second record that I mixed for them that's recorded with somebody who's formerly incarcerated, um, B.L. Sherelle. So she just released a single. She'll be releasing a full length on June 19th, Juneteenth. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the can that's been recorded. So I, I'm going to talk to them, I think, about um, trying to uh, get some stuff released in Europe. I've been doing more work in Europe and stuff in Japan. So trying to get some stuff out there. And then they've been releasing. Um, here and they just put a deal in place so they just uh put a deal in place with i don't remember their name but it used to be caroline or at least the guy from caroline i think michael bull from caroline has a new company which is um you know physical digital distribution um but you know it's it's been it's really great work like it's when we you did actual recordings in the prison? Yeah, with the prisoners in the prison. And we were in Allendale. We actually were just on the tier. Like, we were not, we didn't even have officers with us. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. Um, in Warren, we had, um, so we, we did Warren Correctional in, uh, in Ohio, in Warren, Ohio. Uh, and there we were in the visitor's room. We had one officer but we were with about 30 inmates. Uh, and then we did Colorado territorial, which was pretty intense. Um, and there we had one officer that was assigned to us and we were in the, um, 
they have a music room there. So we recorded in the music room. I think we did four or five days there. In Allendale, we were just literally on the tier. Like we got to the point where we kind of, we, we kind of knew all the prisoners. We actually did a show in Allendale. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, we were, at, at, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, we recorded. And so the group that we recorded with, they're called the masses and they do shows in the gym. So we did, uh, it was kind of crazy. We did a show there one night, we just stayed. And then at seven o'clock, they did a show. We recorded all day, did a show. Um, and so they performed, we all performed. And uh, we didn't see like one cop the whole time. It was what? like, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, and it was re- and extremely positive. Like they have, like a lot of these facilities, they have a men's facility, they have a, a female, uh, a women's facility, and then um, they'll have a youth facility. So one of the cats in the masses, this guy, Ak, who sort of, he coordinates everything. He's sort of the, the um, like the, the guy in charge of what's going on with the music thing and with different programs. Uh, he's been teaching kids how to produce music. So the kids actually produced music for one of the songs that they recorded. And then they got clearance to have the kids come over and check out the show. Oh, that's dope. There's like about wow. 20, 20 youth offenders at the show. And we also did, we did, um, we did, um, we recorded also in, in Jackson, I think it was in Jack- Jacksonville, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, at a youth, a youth offenders facility. And that was crazy because there was kids in there that were as young as 15 and 16. And, you know, they do try it as an adult. So some of these kids were looking at 35-year sentences, mandatory sentences. Since as young as 15, 16, and 17. Um, and I also did, uh, I, I, w- I did some work with uh, Jail Guitar Doors, which is uh, Wayne Kramer from uh, MC5. He has a, an initiative to do workshops in, uh, in jails, not in prisons, but in jails. So we did that at Rikers for a while. Um, we did that with youth, with youth uh, offenders at Rikers. And it's interesting because as we were doing it, they took, that's when they, so New York is not going to, they're not going to do try it as adult anymore. So we're actually, no. Yeah, they're, 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 done, they're done with it, which is good. But they, you know, we were actually there and in the middle of being there, they took all the, uh, so they had, I think they had 16s and 17s. So we were working with 16s, 17s, basically 16 through 21. And we were there while they took all the 16s and 17s off of the island. And so they, they, wow. they yeah, they redistributed them into, um, uh, so it's like path, crossways, crossroads, but into, into juvenile facilities. And, you know, it got crazy because they realized all the 16s and 17s realized that they were no longer going to be tried as adults and they were pissed. So, I mean, I'm not going to say it was riots, but it was like for a couple of days, they just figured out, they were just like, you know, like, fuck this guy, fuck that guy, that guy, fuck with me, this guy, fuck with me. So they just went totally crazy. So every time we went there a couple of weeks before and a couple of weeks after, it was just, everything was on lockdown. Wow. But not a couple of weeks after it was up until the day, but, um, crazy but it's, it's really good work and it's like you know the thing that's really great is the music element of it is that once you're in there and you're working on music with with the individuals the person just goes away so you have people doing production things and doing musician things and yeah. you know try to do that take again try and get it better oh, this is what you wrote okay well hold on let's see if um let's see if the, is, that, is that the strongest way to write it can you can you rewrite it differently what, what kind but, you of know, it's really good work. Doing it with. Well, I what I what I do is I go in with the um, so I change my studio out so it's primarily based on uh, the uh, uh, UAD, you know, the Universal. Oh yeah. So I've got a twin. I've got two. Uh, I've got a, a X8 and an X8P. 
I think that's yeah, that's that's how it goes. XAP and um, so I bridge those are the rack ones, right? Yeah, I got two of the rack ones, so I've got a total of fourteen inputs, and then the twin is a little desktop one. So for vocals, I just roll in with the twin and the laptop, and I got this, you know, the Unison technology where you can insert the preamps like in this Unison slot, and it really, it, I mean. It doesn't sound the same as an 1176 or a 610A, but it's it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty close. Um, and so, you know, so we go in with that, and it's basically just a laptop. And then I got I have the Neumann, so I bring in a Neumann. And then we bring in um, a, uh, a buildable, um, a buildable uh, vocal booth. And it depends. Oh, oh okay. We, we've done drums in a couple, of, a couple of facilities. So I just, you know, it's... It's just like old school, right? You just kind of figure it out and try to <laughs> cut down the reflections and in there. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Everything's like concrete and metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a whoever it is that, that they had designed the prisons, it's that same dude that designed all the public schools. Like, cause it's it's like the same. And actually, you know, it's a little bit of a mind fuck because it is the same. Huh? I was thinking that, like, the first prison we went to in Warren, I was like, man, this place looks just like the the um, public school I went to in Philly, or all the public schools I went to in Philly. It's like, you know, all those weird colors of beige, yeah. and then, you know, like, and in, in all the weird linoleum tile on the floor, and... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, it's 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 been really good, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help... Um, we're trying to encourage, uh, we're trying to help facilitate getting um, a lot of this stuff into the marketplace. Because I think uh, it's, you know, it's, a lot of the material is really, is really solid. And um, I think it's a, an opportunity for people to look at prisoners in a different light, you know, because uh, just because someone is dealing with um, incarceration, you know, a lot of people are locked up for things that make no sense. Right. And a lot of people are locked up because they did some fucked up shit. Right. But there's a there's an overreaching systematic element to it. Like we're talking about sis, the systematic racism, and there's a systematic element to it that incarcerates people at a different uh, different rate. You know, it's just like the COVID thing. Like those numbers are not random numbers. You know, it's not that you know African Americans are whatever is seventeen percent of the population, but then they represent, you know, it's twice as many COVID deaths and three times more likely to be incarcerated. It's like all these numbers, they, 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 they sort of put them out there like they're just floating around and mm-hmm. there's, oh, this number, number, number. It's like, no, it's the same fucking number. It's more. Yeah. <laughs> the number is more. Um, but no, it's... How many... Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. I, I was going to say, um, how long would you go there for? Would it, would it be like a day or two's worth of sessions, or like a week? Or yeah, we break. Like, we, how many people would you would you track in it? Generally, what we've done is it's it's pretty organized. So um, I I'm doing the production and the engineering thing. I don't really do um, connecting with the artists and organizing that stuff. But generally, and they've been pretty good about doing it. And generally, what happens is that uh, the guys and the women who are locked up are the ones that sort of get it together and organize it. And they're the, they sort of scope the talent and get everything coordinated. Okay. And then, so we, we go in and like, we do days. So, you know, prisons start early. So normally we would start, which is like on a musician schedule is not what I'm used to. <laughs> That's but, when you're coming home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but normally we, we, we normally we, we leave the hotel at 7am and then we generally would start tracking around eight. And then depending on how they set it up, you know, we could go until four or five, sometimes maybe six. 
and we'll do normally three or four days in a row. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Like you get a lot done. It reminds me of like, I mean, actually, in all honesty, it reminds me of like uh, either making like a Jamaican record or a hardcore record. Because you know, like hardcore bands, like they go in and like, just like everybody knows the song. So like, you know, Steve Albini <laughs> did that thing with uh, Nirvana and then the label sent him back to record more because they finished the whole record in like three days. And it's like, yeah, but everybody knows the song. So you just like, what, what's there to do? <laughs> right, they were ready for the studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a lot like, you know, like you work with Jamaican cats and it's just like, you got the rhythms already there to go. So it's like, mm -hmm. they know the song. So you just you sing the songs like, Song's four minutes long. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like you're not you're not gonna you just sing the song. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's cool. It's, it's a lot like that, you know. It's not it's not like you have to teach the guitar player to leave the room while the guy who's really playing guitar is gonna come in and yeah. play guitar. <laughs> you know, you have to trick the singer to like, you know, trick the singer to go to the strip club while you auto tune all the vocals. <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> you don't have to do any of that stuff. How did they find all the talent in there? Like they held like auditions in the prison? Well, the one thing that's interesting is that they really have, um, most of the prisons tend to have a pretty vibrant musical community. And mm -hmm. so a lot of it is connected to, sometimes the only way they could get it going is through the church. But, you know, they, um, most of the prisons already have that community. And so a lot of, um, a lot of people are there and they're playing. Now, they, they might not really have experience in terms of recording or know, you know, necessarily how do you write your own song or, you know, what the process is in, you know, production. Like, you know, you start by writing it, then you record it. Um, but they, they have pretty vibrant communities. So the guy who uh, runs the organization has just been in contact with a, a lot of people who are locked up. And so in Warren, he started a conversation with uh, a woman who was running a choir program. And somehow he filtered through that. We went in first, we kind of worked with the choir, kind of worked with her in a way that, did, you know, it, it made sense to, to do it, but it wasn't really, we didn't really get a lot of great recordings from that. But then he stayed in touch with a few of the individuals who played in the band and they had some, um, some vocalists they wanted to work with. So we sort of figured out and came back and then we got some really great recordings with that. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. And it's, it's, again, it's, you know, if you want to really talk about having people rejoin society, right, and you really want to talk about, you know, someone who has dealt with systematic racism and systematic violence, mm -hmm. you know, this is a great outlet to kind of let people say what they need to say and get them in the practice of what we we're talking about earlier, get them in the practice of communicating. You know, because when you get in there and you start working with guys, like, all of the, the the criminality and the prison stuff just goes away. Yeah. And people start having conversations. Oh, well, you know, some people are interested in the engineering element. They want to kind of look over my shoulder, see what's going on. Like we worked with this one guy in Allendale. It was funny. He was 30, you know, and he's a very, very talented singer. And he said, you know, when we finished, he said, Doc, you know, like I had really thought like, I was too old to do this anymore. And he's like, you know, watching you guys work and seeing what's going on, he's like, I'm realizing like I could just be getting started with this. Like it's not, you know, it's, you're taking it out of the context of having it be, you know, pop musicians who hit their peak at 19 and, you know, and then everybody wants you to go away, you know, taking it into a realm of a craft and really building a craft over a lifetime. 
And I think that's, you know, that's a really great perspective to be giving people who are basically been thrown away by society and don't feel like they have any, any, any right to hone a craft or any ability or any access. Right. You know, so it's, it's yeah. good. Yeah, that's crazy. Being in, being in there and being able to record some music, man, that is a gift. Yeah, I feel really blessed to be able to participate in it. And it's, um, it's, yeah, it's made him feel. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a real blessing. And it's given me a whole sort of new perspective, you know, first of all, on all the things I have to be grateful for. Um, you know, I, I have, I've, I've, I have a lot of newfound gratitude as a result of, um, you know, being able to see how people keep, keep on keeping on, you know, even in circumstances that, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around, like, how do you wake up every morning? And I mean, the one cat, you know, I, I sometimes suffer from migraines. And so I, I found like taking B vitamins is really helpful. So this one cat, Ak, you know, one of the days he had a migraine. So I was like, oh, you know, like, just to let you know, I, I found it really helpful. <laughs> Like, they don't let us have shit like that. <laughs> you know, I can only imagine that... Um, Being personal vitamins. Yeah, like vitamins. You can't get vitamins. It's not like vitamins for what? You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're locked up. That's the deal. Um, right. But people figure it out. And, you know, they they, they figure it out. But, um, you know, there's been a couple times where we've worked with um, people on one trip. And the next trip, we can't work with them because they're on lockdown. So there's a lot of... Um, a lot of challenges right and it becomes apparent that you know it's just it, if you're not i mean i you know i've never been like i was falsely incarcerated extremely briefly on the jail level years ago and it was extremely briefly uh you know that being said it's hard to sort of get your head around having that experience for like 10 years or five years, or, you know, and we've worked with a lot of people who get tried, they get, they get a, or the, the accomplice thing. So we work with this one woman, and I think she's about 21. I think she might be, she's one of the most talented female rappers I've ever worked with. Her voice is extremely unique. It's amazing. Um, and she got in a situation where she was involved in a murder. Now, I don't think she pulled the trigger. I don't think she you know, was actively involved in it, or I, I actually, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of line, but you know, she, she got life. Um, right. I think she committed the crime when she was 17. And my understanding is they waited to charge her until she was 19. So they could charge her in a more severe way. Um, and, you know, to be 21 and looking at being in the, fe the, the, the not the federal, but the, the state prison system for the rest of your life is just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't fully get my head around that. Where do you even, like, yeah, where do you even, how do you even start? Yeah. I'm just like, fuck, man, this is just what it is now. I got to learn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And you talk, you know, when we talk about, like, a lot of what we landed on in the beginning when we were talking is about, you know, this really very, very forward-thinking, magical community that we exist in. You know, I feel blessed to be part of this community. I mean, being in th in that situation is like kind of like the farthest you can get away from this community. You know, and I, you can't dilute the fact that some people have made very, very bad decisions and have done reprehensible things. But that's not what's fully represented there. You know, this is not, um, it's not that simple. Right. Mm -hmm. It's complex. It's complex because you, you put in the ingredient of the systematic racism, you put in the ingredient of the... Um, 
systematic economic um, discrepancies. You put in the disparity in the education system, you know, and all this stuff. Again, it's these numbers that keep reinforcing. It, we, people could speculate about the individual numbers. When you look at the um, the overall numbers, you could speculate a little bit less. They're putting you more in a specific direction. But when you look at the results, there's only, really with these things, there's only two ways you could, there's two places you could land. First of all, people of color, black people in particular, are just really bad people. They're really fucked up. You know, or there's a system out there which is not equal and it doesn't work. And the evidence points towards there's a system. I mean, you know, I don't think if you look at the things that black people have gone through, um, you don't see white people in America going through the, through the same things in the same way. You tend to see the generation coming in and then a few generations later, they're accepted into the society. You look at, you know, Italian culture, you look at you know, Italian Americans, you look at, um, you look at uh, Irish Americans. These are groups that were treated very poorly when they first arrived here. You know, now we're at the point where, yeah, I guess you have some of that bigotry on some level in certain circumstances, but, you know, generally they've been able to assimilate. I don't know if assimilate is the right word, but they've been able to, I think it's a mistake to, I mean, I also don't want to play like, like, you know, the black card and just say black people are the only people that had it, you know, had it bad or because it's, it's not true, but it's just, it's different. You know, it's different. Mm -hmm. We've never had the ability. I remember dating this woman a long time ago and um, we were watching a video, like a hip hop video, right? Where the guy, I don't remember even what video it was, but the guys were basically like doing, you know, the thug thing, like the guns and they were pretending to rob a store or whatever. And she was like, don't, don't you, aren't you embarrassed? Like, don't you think that that's like, it's bad? And I said, the problem doesn't lie with me because I'm able to tell that this is entertainment. I'm not saying to you, aren't you embarrassed that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays like uh, a thug? <laughs> plays, like, it's like, what do you say? This is entertainment. But yet the, dis the, the inability to suspend the disbelief, you know, and I have this problem. If I see a black dude running down the street, I automatically think differently than if I see a white dude running down the street. And I've got to recondition myself constantly to get out of that mind thought, right? I, I, the other day I saw like probably like 17 year old black dude running down the street, black kid running down the street fast, right? So the first thing I think is that he did something wrong. That's me. <laughs> that was my first thought. And I had, to, I had to backpedal and say, you know, maybe he's trying to catch the bus. Maybe he wants to get home because he just got paid from work and he needs to pay his mom so she can pay the rent. You know, it's like I didn't. But no, I thought that that, 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 that dude must have done something wrong. And then I'm like, fuck, stop. Stop. How do I, how do I slap myself and stop thinking that way? Well, that, I mean, that that conditioning is a huge part of America. You know, that's be thankful. You can even acknowledge that because there's, you know, folks who don't even understand the conditioning and they don't, they just keep perpetuating that whole thing. That's the scary psychopathic part of the shit. You know, yeah. it's a systematic, systematic part of it too. And then, you know, I also have had to, I have had to go through certain, certain thoughts along those same lines where I start to think about, okay, if I thought about that individual like that, what am I really thinking about me? You know, what am I really thinking about me? Am I thinking, 
when I'm trying to get a record deal or trying to set up a distribution deal or trying to do X, Y, or Z or trying to, you know, advocate for my daughter in the public school, like, am I going there with those negative thoughts about myself as I see myself in the movie of America? Like, is my character the character that it did something wrong if he's running down the street? You know, so I've, I've had to really start to unthink those things. Because I've caught myself doing that sometimes, you know, saying to myself, I probably can't get that. I, I probably, this is not going to work for me. Like with the, the, the PPP loans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a, you know, I, have a, I have a small business. I have a corporation. We, 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 we don't make a ton of money, but we have, we have money running through the space, running through the studio. My first thought was there's no way I could get one of those. You know, why is that my first thought? It's because I'm systematically programmed. Right, right, gotta wake right. up every day and and unprogram myself, and then wake up every day and do it again, and do it again, and do it again, and it's fine. But you know, I don't want my daughter to have to do that. I feel like it's worse now than ever. I I agree. I I in all honesty, I remember being you know a kid in the seventies and eighties, and I remember the things that were happening to my family and to my to my mother and the stuff they were dealing with. I remember it really the narrative was that this was sort of the end of it, right? This was, this was the end. We've arrived. We, we now have our generation that is going to go on to assimilate. It's going to, to be accepted. Like, this is kind of it, you know? Like, hip-hop was the thing, right? Where all of a sudden, everybody was listening to hip-hop and, you know, black culture was a thing and Fresh Prince was a thing. He's like, you know, it was a black guy you, that white people could welcome into their living room through the television set. And he was very safe and he was funny and he had the same problems that the white people had and his character had money. And Bill Cosby was everybody's uncle. I mean, that's a whole other story, but you know, but people, people were welcoming, um, people were welcoming these black folks into their living rooms to come, to come be with them you know, to come be with them, to be with their kids. So I remember at that point, you know, people were starting to welcome black people into their homes, into their experiences. And, you know, Mel Gibson had Danny Glover, who was funny as shit. And, you know, and they were together and, you know, they never shot at each other. They just shot at all the criminals. And- <laughs> what was that movie? What was, was that series? Around that- oh, was that the weapon? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Around looked- that time, too, there was everybody had, like, the... the- X hats, yeah, you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was that yeah. whole revival. Like X Clan was out. Oh yeah, X Clan, Public Enemy. Yeah, great. That was I, an interesting time in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, everything was super like, um, like Black Power too. You know, yeah. hip hop. Well, mm-hmm. at least it was a segment of hip hop that was coexisting at the same time as like or whatever was gangster rap. Or it was like all there. Yeah. And then you had the dancey kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, Kid and Play. Yeah, yeah. Big Daddy King. All coexisting at the same time. Yeah, it was really mm-hmm. interesting. Pretty dope. It's and like, you even like, had stuff that, yeah, and you even had stuff that was intellectual hippie stuff, like Arrested Development. Yes, exactly, yeah. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum, bum. Yeah, was, oh, but when they first came out, I loved Mr. Wendell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that was like, yeah. you know, about a homeless dude. Like, that was, yeah. I never thought we would land here in 2020 where we've got, you know, you got a president calling out the military against peaceful protesters. Like, why is racism, racism is so last, should be so last century. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, man, we're going to have to wrap this up, though, because I'm getting another message of this. Uh, All good. Asking. That's a good note to end it on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> I love I love this, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, dude. thanks for having yeah, me. I really enjoyed talking us. to you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. You stay safe out there, man. Yeah, you guys too. And if uh, you want to say anything about, like, where we can find you, everybody can find your stuff. Like, I know you have to... 
Yeah, um, if you go to, I've got a lot of stuff that's coming out very soon, uh, finishing up a couple projects. If you go to Dr. Israel Music, so drisraelmusic.com, and just link from there, you find all the social media stuff there. And um, I'm pretty good about getting in touch with people on Facebook, uh, Instagram. So just land there and just hit me up. <laughs> all right. Stay safe, man. Stay safe, man. Love you, brother. Love you too. All love, right, love, love. All right. All right, Billy. Peace. We want to thank Doc for joining us. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at the Tiger Pit Podcast, as well as our YouTube channel, the Tiger Pit Podcast, where you can check out some of the videos featuring Dr. Israel, his music, and other topics we mentioned in this episode. Take it easy.